Pop fails. The thing with the popsicle truck too is that like it's like an ice cream truck, but way less satisfying. Yeah, I, I, I get where you were going with like mentally in that moment. Everything on an ice cream truck comes on a stick. That means that there's a popsicle. So it's a popsicle truck. <laughs> like the joke was there. I can't remember, just I can't remember what the what the topic was like or what what my was in that scene. But like I I remembered. I remember the moment at which you gave up. <laughs> <laughs> Just the look at Derek's like, face. Nope, I'm done. It's like, you should get a popsicle truck. Yeah. No, because that's a thing. You can tell. You can, see, and me, you can see the part where my brain just, like, checks out. Like, we're done. No, you're going to try to be funny. Like, we're just wasting time. Just finished all line. Yeah. So, we are here for our third episode. Wait, what? You started already? I started like, while we were talking. God. No way. I, I did know. not see this I coming. Not it's very surprising. It's incredibly surprising. It's basically to check the levels to make sure that we don't do what we did last week. <laughs> um, but welcome We apologize <laughs> for what we did last week. <laughs> welcome to the Bits Per Second Podcast. This is episode three. Um, I'm Jared. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Kevin is our special guest. He is also a bit player. And uh, he's here to talk to us, hang uh, kibitz with us. Kibitz. Yeah, that's that's my new term I'm going to use. Kibitz, I like it. Yes, that's a new term. (laughs) Yes, I invented it. Um, So, um, we are the bit bit players from Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, We're here just to kind of get our feelings out in a productive way, I guess. Talk about things. So you can kind of get like an, an... eye into what we do, what we're normally talking about, thinking about, um, talking about current issues in comedy, some issues that we just think about as we go. Um, and we'll end it with Quit Your Bits In, where we each take a topic and complain about it. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So, um, our first topic, as suggested by Dylan Aberly, <laughs> is vulgarity in comedy. Do you earn it? Is blue comedy a crutch? Or is it just sometimes funny to talk about the gynecologist? It's tough because the comedy scene in Rhode like you guys touched on last week, is so entirely blue. Like, that's, that's what it goes to. And so the improv is almost expected to be on that level. But, but we have that sort of intellectual demand as well that comes from people who enjoy longer form improv, who expect that kind of wit. So it's really it's a delicate balance. So how do you how do you balance the wit and the tip? The <laughs> wit tip. Uh, it, it is what the earning it. You know, either don't do it right away in a show or a scene. Don't just immediately start making dick and fart jokes. Find a way to create a, a compelling story, and then all of a sudden, a Family Guy esque silly out of the nowhere joke seems earned. Oh, I forget. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who wrote who wrote this, but I read. Uh... I read in something that, like, the reason why dirty limericks are so funny is not because they're dirty, it's because they have no choice but to be dirty. <laughs> like, it's the, like, it's it's not, that the dirty joke, like, dirty humor or, like, blue humor isn't funny unless you've made it, made it so there's no way out but to go there. And I think that's what, like, that's where you can kind of play innocent at the same time as, like, at the same time as you present something that's risque. Like, sure. And, um, I mean, as, like, kind of the, I would 
I guess are probably <laughs> the most vulgar. Probably, yeah. Probably the most vulgar. <laughs> I'm going to go with it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not afraid of a John Travolta's kid dying joke. You know, sometimes. Oh, God. Yeah, that well, would, yeah. If we <laughs> so glad I didn't get that until 10 minutes I'm later. glad that our audience didn't get it <laughs> because it was, uh, yeah. That was one of those where you're just kind of like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's funny. No, you, didn't, you didn't need to push it. Like, yeah, I, was, I was glad to let that one go by and like, have the audience just kind of be like, fly on the But was again, that was not okay. the first joke of the night. Like, that was like <laughs> no, over the course of the night. And maybe it was an abject failure. But over the course of the night, you kind of like build up that repertoire. You build that street cred, if you will. Mm-hmm. You, you build up cred to become a little more street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It really, part of it really does depend on the, the audience, though, because just look at the difference between an 8 o'clock Saturday show and a 10 o'clock Saturday show. We're going Yeah, they're drunker. Yeah, they're drunker, and they're going to demand more from us dirty early, although... So what if we did, like, an 11 o'clock show? Would we have to do it completely nude? I, yeah, I think it would just have <laughs> yeah. to be... If we did a midnight show, ooh, ooh. boy. That's... It'd just be, like, <laughs> phallicist. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the shit plans. We're here to show us our balls. <laughs> Hey, every hey. scene. <laughs> every scene begins in the gynecologist's office. Every scene. You ever seen the inside of a butthole? <laughs> there it is. Shit players. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to start marketing that. It's a new I'm telling you, that summer could be night evening show. That late night body crowd. Just bring, bring the kids. Once the see the inside of a man. This is just like a surrealist, like... Freddy Got Fingered type show. (laughs) You asked for it, here it is. Freddy Got Fingered is an underrated movie. I wouldn't say it's underrated. I think it's underrated. I think a lot of people uh, were under the the, um, illusion that Tom Green was trying to make a funny movie, which he wasn't. No. And if you accept that, then you can kind of appreciate it. Because it was Rip Torn was the guy who supposedly fingered Freddy, but didn't. Yeah. And then um, the guy who played, what's his name on American Pie? I don't know. His yeah, name. yeah, Eddie K. Thomas. There you go. He was, he was Freddie. Yeah. And, and, and Julie Haggerty was the mom. Oh, Julie Haggerty's like the best mom yeah. ever. Yeah. Remember when she self saved that airplane by like blowing it? <laughs> yes, yeah. Blow up doll? <laughs> See, no, know. that was earned. Yeah, that, that, that was earned. Like, that was all like, the gags in that movie were earned. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's also like probably the funniest movie of all time. Yeah. Air, airplane, by the way. Really holds up. Yeah. If anyone didn't get that. Yeah. We were really A, see the movie Airplane. <laughs> yeah. I, I just didn't. Yes. <laughs> because I'm sure our audience has never heard of it. No, yeah, never so ever. Never heard of Airplane. Yeah. Like, this classic, brilliant movie. Yeah. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, 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 for one, prefer the vulgar humor because I'm just like a filthy person, <laughs> but I think part of me, you know, when someone's just throwing out F-bombs for the hell of it, um, and it's not part of a bigger thing going on. Like, I'll give you an example. We play a game called Jeopardy where we, mm-hmm. the audience is the board. Mm-hmm. You ask for suggestions from the board. Someone yells out something. Someone always yells out stripper mm-hmm. or proctologist or whatever. Hooker, yeah, yeah. porn star. Yeah. Um, so we give them categories. They usually sometimes they ignore them. <coughs> lots of times you get really great suggestions. So one of mine was um, I yelled out dinosaurs, and someone yelled out velociraptor. So I said like that is the dinosaur that Elliot Stabler. And Olivia Benson are chasing on SVU. But see, that was yeah. funny. That was, that was bad. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's, that was clever. But because it was, 
it was innocent at the same time yeah. that it was dirty. Because, yeah. you know, if you had said, like, you know, what did Bill Cosby do to the uh, those women? Bill Cosby would, jokes! Like, that would be a little, I think that would be a little more of a thud. Like, that would, uh, but, but since you played it pretty, like, I mean, di- didn't go full on into the uh, vulgarity of it, but kind unlike of unlike last week's podcast. Kind of, unlike last week's <laughs> podcast. Wait, what happened on last week's podcast? The, oh, oh, yeah, the the, the, the girl with the girl with no. the dragon tattoo. Yeah, the incident. <laughs> we'll just call it the incident. From now on. The, the incident. <laughs> Hashtag flash the snake. Hashtag, Hashtag flash, flash the, the snake. Um, but yeah, but you danced along the side of it rather than just like going right into it and like kind of let the audience put the pieces together and that's why it worked. And I'm usually not the best dancer. No. <laughs> I, I fall. My I, my feet go in opposite directions. I don't have the rhythm of the feet. The rhythm of the night. <laughs> Actually, the, <laughs> this is the rhythm of the night. <laughs> is that morning light? I think we're... Oh yeah. No, no. that No, we're, doing, we're singing the same song, right? I think so. I think you're mixing Fan of the Opera and Sweet Charity. <laughs> and Ke- and Kevin's doing something completely different from what either of us are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mixing rhythm two of the night. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I'm mixing the rhythm of life and music of the night, which are two different songs. Uh, see, I'm thinking... See, you were going Gloria Estefan. I always go Gloria And I was going, oh, is it Real McCoy? Or, like, what's the what's the 90s dance song? This is the rhythm of the night. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Is that... Labouche? No, that's not Labouche. No, it might be Real McCoy. I don't know. If anybody's listening to this and knows who did that song, yes, please, please bombard us on Facebook uh, and Twitter, telling us what <laughs> what the name of that is, because I, we surely will not have looked it up. By or now. just bombard <laughs> us for anything. If yeah, you just have something you want to share, unless it's like a picture of your butthole, go ahead. We've got that covered. Or if just go ahead. Or if, <laughs> I, I think the fact that all of us thought it was different songs and the songs specifically reflect our personalities. Is yeah, I think so. Like I combine two musical theater songs. Jared, obviously, it bothers me. <laughs> you think <laughs> Gloria Estefan or Estefan reflects my personality? It, does, it, totally it does. bothers me that 90s dance music <laughs> reflected mine. I am a very um, dancey Cuban man. <laughs> yes. I think I think you are, you are musically extremely talented and you have the Latin fire, uh, clearly. I'll take that. Yeah, I will yes, take that. Yeah. But anyway, vulgar humor. <laughs> enough, enough of this classy stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's really uh, a matter of, especially in improv, Giving the audience what they what they want versus giving the audience what they ask for, mm-hmm. yeah. Because uh, a lot of times they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. That like if a, if a, if an audience like if someone's yelling out like obviously setting up some dirty thing, some uh, you know proctologist hooker whatever they're gonna say. The chances are they already know like what joke you could make from that. And, and do did, following through on that will not give them anything to laugh at. Like, will not give them anything. So you kind of have to take it a step further and, like, say, okay, like, what? what's this person really asking for? <laughs> like, and they didn't pay to hear their own jokes. Yeah, right. Like, they pay, I don't think it's too arrogant to say that we're better at it than most of our audience members. I think that's a fair assumption. That's right? a fair assumption. That's why Unless, they come to see us. Yeah. I mean, that's not... Like, like I'm not paying to see people that are worse than me. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, like, when I go to Fenway Park, I'm not, th- well, maybe sometimes I am, but, like, I'm not paying to this see This year, last can. year, and the year before. Yeah. yeah. Basically <laughs> but, but I'm not paying to see people who do what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I think a, a lot of uh, vulgarity, I just had this thought, that um, basically it connects us on an intellectual level. So some people's intellect is like those witty and quick movie references or very good puns. And, you know, every, you know, some people can get those. Somebody picks up on the certain references from the movies earlier before mm-hmm. we actually said airplane. Some people don't. Some people need it spelled out for them. But on the basis level... Yo, airplane kid! Yo, that's the movie, yo. I would totally knew it. Um, I saw that at the Harlem Wall in uh, 1980. Yeah, <laughs> fucking dude guy. That was awesome. <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes it's set up right at the beginning of the show that the audience isn't going to get it. Like the way Vlad introduces me every week. Yeah. <laughs> the jokes that he says, you won't even laugh at them right away. But on the <laughs> way home, you'll be like, ah, yeah, I get it. It's funny. <laughs> it's a slow burn joke. As an improviser, those ones feel the most, uh, like, you proudest of, mm-hmm. I think. But the vulgarity thing, it, like, it, can, it brings everybody to one level. And it's the base level. But it, it can bring people who might not get the pop culture joke, who might not get the witty pun, and the people who get those all together to laugh at the same thing. So it connects us all on the dick and fart joke level. It's kind of <laughs> like my, my, my super intellectual college professor cousin says, like, I'm not teaching for the A student, I'm teaching for the C student. But that's actually really demeaning because it's just because the C student has a lot of money and doesn't need the scholarship money. Oh, yeah, that's why that's they're true. a C student. <laughs> but not that our audience members are C students. They're super, super grateful for them. But people have different tastes and different it, sense uh, of humor. Also, our audience, our audience is BYOB, so their neurons are not firing as, as quickly. <laughs> God and, knows if I show up to one of our shows drunk, I'm yelling out the dumbest things. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it, it, yeah. that's bringing you down intellectually to that level. I go from A student to C student real fast. Yeah. Sometimes that, D. That, I, I'm not trying to demean it. I'm just saying it's one thing that defines everybody. Not everybody gets the, 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 those jokes. But everybody enjoys a good, a good well-earned vulgar humor jokes. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, and, but, but, like, the thing is, they, I mean, not everyone in the audience is going to be the sharpest one, but they they can all sense pandering. Mm-hmm. I've learned oh, yeah. that from all improv and in, well, not so much in stand-up crowds. <laughs> to be a little less discerning. But um, all improv crowds can sense when you're, like, trying to, like, stoop, stoop to their level. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Fart dick poop, like yeah. <laughs> 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 Fart dick poop. Yeah. Um, Though pandering to the audience is really fun if it's a bachelorette party and you have like a thing with them. Well, yeah, but they that's like that's it. obvious pandering. Yeah. That's like okay, yeah, you that that that's directly catering. Like that's yeah, how I that's, met my wife and seduced her yeah, with that, that kind of pandering. We yeah. know that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like you guys all know that I know that I am the Gloria Stefan of the group. <laughs> yeah, you are. The Latin fire one year. The Latin fire. And the pandering. Uh, I, I think one thing we, we sort of glossed over is that if you get, like, the gynecologist or the proctologist, mm-hmm. and it's, like, the only thing... It's been get, a good week for you! Oh! <laughs> Freddie did get fingered. Uh, unfortunately, he was not at the doctor's. Yeah, it, it's best earned when you have to take that suggestion if you go far, far away mm-hmm. and you're able to work your way back cleverly so that you end up making the dirty joke at the end. So starting far away from the dirty suggestion that you got and bringing it back at the end. Again, earning it, but taking it. And then the pandering we're talking about is when you just take it and you're just like, yep, I'm reaching up some guy's ass. Yeah. Ha-ha! Well, yeah, because we have moments like that where we have to take the, you know, the, nobody's shouting out anything. We'll have to take toilet, proctologist, hooker. But, like, I think there's two ways you, you can go with it. You can either, like, be clever with it and, like, like you said, go far away and then, like, come back 
to it, like incorporate it uh, in a way that's when you have to take uh, like a, a vulgar suggestion for the audience or like a stupid thing that we've heard a bunch of times, like, you know, prostitute, hooker, proctologist. Like sometimes the audience just isn't given anything else. Or the trifecta um, of humor. The trifecta of humor, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, as, as Ke- there are two ways you can do with it. Uh, two, two ways you can deal with it. Like, one would be as Kevin said to just take it somewhere else. Like, take take it, uh, go from A to C, kind of, and then come back. Where a hooker becomes a fisherman. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, or someone that murders hookers with a hook. Yeah, no, something exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. That made it better. Um, that made it. Oh, <laughs> oh. Speaking of, oh, yeah. Speaking of which, my my our uh, we have another guest. My brother Justin is here. Star of the Providence Journal. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's something he needs is yeah. for you to so, inflate his ego. So for listeners who saw the Providence Journal... Can you I not know. eat French fries while you're talking? <laughs> the sooner no. that you accept that I'm going to eat the French fries, the faster this podcast Because I wasn't in the middle of a thought or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, um, <laughs> just, just, Continue, uh, Jim. Justin, Justin just stuff your ugly face. Make a boob joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, okay, so you... You, one thing you, that you could do is you could do like Kevin said and take it somewhere else, take it further off, and then come back and make ref, you know, give give uh, good enough lip lip service to the uh, to the suggestion while not going all the way there. The other thing is if you really want to punish the audience for not giving you something better, and that's take fine. it. To, yeah, that's that's Jared's method. <laughs> steer He's into just, the curve. Steer into the curve. Take it. Go all the way there. Leave the, take you know take no prisoners no holds barred dude like give them exactly what they asked for and that will sort that's, of that's like almost when they ask, that's I've, almost punishing the audience yeah. sometimes though like I've but, done but it's a good before well, and I've done sad hooker mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and there is it's like I'm really sad that my family stopped loving me because I had a lesbian affair in high school and I was left on the streets and I developed a drug problem and now I'm really unhappy and I have to sell my body. For money, because it's the only way I can work, because I owe so much in taxes, and I just can't get ahead of things, and, oh, it was just so good, and everyone was just like, this sucks, I'm like, you asked for a hooker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hooker isn't just like, hey, I'm just like Julia Roberts, it's like, no, I am sad, crusty, beat up hooker, and I don't want to be a hooker, yeah. it's my only choice, because of my student loan debt. How do hookers pay their taxes? They can't file any of them. Yeah, no, well, they can be self. They can claim self-employed. In Nevada, they take like cards. You can do a hooker card. No, no like credit cards. cards. Oh, yeah, but that, that's a, that's that. a state where it's it's openly legal. He's talking about states where it's not. It's off the books. Yeah, what do they do? Uh, I've never thought about it. I, I assume they just file as self-employed and maybe make something up, or they just. Or don't file. File. I mean, I wouldn't file. If, what, if you were a prostitute, would you file, Jim? I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with prostitution. No, there is nothing. There is nothing wrong. We're not making fun of it. It's just, that's just the... Like, the reality of it. I'm just really interested in the reality. I imagine if you're, if, it, like, if you're... <laughs> if you've been forced into that career, taxes are the least of your worries. <laughs> so you take this, this is theater of the absurd. This is what we're doing right now. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hashtag shit players. Hashtag, Hashtag shit players. players. <laughs> Want to see inside a man's butthole? <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on to our next topic. No, no. Let's why? Why? Let's let's stay in this. <laughs> let's stay in this stay barrel in for a while. Black hole. <laughs> That is we're we're almost at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> I went like five minutes before I had to just start. <laughs> I gave up. Um, so for our next topic, we're going to talk about bacon. How much bacon is too much bacon? And are you sick of hearing about it? 
It is kind of insane just in the past six or seven years how it's how it's been everywhere. Like t-shirts, socks, magazines. I mean, of course, cooking with pornographic me. films. Really? Bacon yeah. strips. Oh, okay. Well, that explains. Yeah, God, guys, again, again, Jared. Our minds go different places. <laughs> yeah. And I only watch... Re- the reference back to the Millennium Trilogy. <laughs> the- Clearly that porn was not kosher. So, no. um, Yeah, it's, it's just... It's everywhere in culture. And it's not just because of it as a food. It's become something other than food. It's become an icon. But, like, what does bacon represent outside of the food bacon? Like, is it... I know it represents because uh, I'm because my wife's a vegetarian. I know it represents the meat that is most tantalizing to people who don't eat meat. Yeah, really, okay. it is like the everything. It, it is like the Valhalla of meat. Uh, is, uh, is it because there's no there's no vegetarian option that comes close to the flavor? Well, I could say that for most meat, actually. Do but, you ever dangle it in front of her? Like, mm. no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not that cruel. And that's why I'm not married to Jess. And, uh, <laughs> the singular I would be reason sleeping somewhere else. If I did that. <laughs> singular reason why I'm not married to your wife. The only reason, yeah. Only reason <laughs> is that I would dangle bacon in front of her. Well, but it, thanks, thanks for that reminder yeah. that, you, that you could steal my wife away at any moment. Any moment. <laughs> but it's the idea that I couldn't dangle bacon in front of her. No. It just holds me back. It does. Uh, is it a counterculture uh, clash with the rise of veganism and vegetarianism, and that's why it became so mainstream? Like, it feels to me like it, it started with the rise of hipsters, like, just in the past five or six years. You saw it everywhere, t-shirts and socks and stuff. Kind of, And yeah. hipsters tend to be on the vegan or vegetarian side, and then there's this also kind of hipster-esque movement where they're, like, 100% gung-ho bacon on the bumper sticker. Well, there's this other hipster movement that's not that's apart from the vegan thing where it's, like... Let's eat the grossest, trashiest, uh, greasiest food ever. Um, and, like that's made in rusty panel trucks. Uh, I mean, the food truck revolution is all about that. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of bacon is kind of the rolling coal of the food movement, mm-hmm. where it's like kind of like that's like your that's your big one. Like you see people make these gigantic like burger patties that are just bacon. Like that's gross. But yeah. it's also wonderful. It's also amazing, yeah. I think it's also part of, like, the counterculture push of, like, hyper-masculinity as, like, kind of blowing back against political... Like, the, like the, the Ron Swanson movement of grow, mm. grow beards, build your own things, and, I assume, eat bacon. I think like, I right think. off the pig, though. You don't even cook it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you shave it yourself. <laughs> I don't, know where bacon piggy, com- piggy. <laughs> I don't know where bacon comes from. <laughs> I, I agree with that to, to, a, to a point that it's about hypermasculinity, but I see so many women with like bacon t-shirts and bacon um, you know, socks and bacon. My wife is a huge crazy about ba- bacon, and I don't, I've never asked her, I'm like, what does bacon represent to you, honey? <laughs> I, I may have bacon socks. <laughs> she does. She does yeah. have bacon socks. And she'll put it on everything. There was an episode of Bar Rescue where he opened a bar called Bacon Bar. Like the bo- like the way that he fixed the bar was he just put bacon everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And, and was that like, Manhattan? Was that in New York? Or I no? don't care. Um, well, uh, no, I've been to a Bacon Bar and it was in Manhattan and it was amazing. It doesn't seem like I don't. It doesn't seem like something that you could keep up for too long. It doesn't seem sustainable. So it's something that also. Well, that's the thing. So and that's where I wanted to go with this was the. 
the jumping the shark, if you will, of the bacon mm-hmm. craze. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there's always been a bacon craze that's goddamn delicious. Yeah. But Stop and Shop came out with this whole line of bacon products, bacon maple bacon cream Oreo type cookies. Um, you had bacon mayonnaise, bacon hummus, bacon muffins. It was just all this. St- Stupid crap. Four of the last five things you listed were already horribly unhealthy. Right? Yeah, like, yeah mayonnaise was not... Oh, I gotta put some bacon in this mayonnaise to make it even worse. And yeah. don't get me wrong, like, I'm a big mayo guy. Like, top, uh, top five condiment. <laughs> What's below it? <laughs> Relish? Relish, yeah. Horseradish. Horseradish. Horseradish has gotta be in the top That's five. That's a top five? Yeah, it's gotta no. be. No, Horseradish? Really? Oh, God. Frank, Frank's Red Hot. Horseradish. Okay. Mayonnaise, Dijonese, and Easy Cheese. Ooh. Not like a little dark horse like, you brought up there in the last... You didn't expect Easy Cheese. Because like, you don't think condiment. You think something you just eat as a meal, right? <laughs> I, I know, yeah. yeah just... <laughs> <laughs> just directly into mouth, yeah. <laughs> What'd um, you have for dinner? Uh, can I have Easy Cheese? <laughs> Great, let's go to the hospital. <laughs> CFCs in your lungs. Yeah. <laughs> where they belong. But yeah, I mean, that's just like the idea of it going too far. So it's kind of like any trend where, whether it was Furbies or... Why is the only trend I can think of? <laughs> it's the only one that matters. <laughs> like vampires. Furbies. Like, like vampires. Every friggin' book is a vampire book. And now don't get... It was zombies. It's zombies, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's zombies now. And now it's like, thank well, God, like, The Walking Dead just won that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, we're just gonna do this better than everybody else and no one's gonna care about the other crap. But I don't know, we haven't, like, I would have expected we would have hit the tipping point for Bacon by we, now. We just did. Well, like, we have. Well, we have, yeah. I think Jared's right, all those products have kind of started to vanish off the market, like the bacon mayonnaise isn't selling anymore. Mm-hmm. But the t-shirts and socks are still, the representation, like, the idea of it is still, I think, gonna carry on, but... The implementing it in a commercial way and all these like things that are just not unnecessary, I see it's greatly scaled back. It's like a bunch of CEOs is like, oh, people love bacon. Oh yeah, people love bacon. And Let's then they put had, it in everything. They didn't have someone to do like the no shitometer. Like, oh wait, no, guys, we already knew that. We we don't need to stuff it in everything. Like we just literally had bacon hummus because it was on sale because they were getting rid of all the stupid bacon crap, and it was stupid. Like I've never been so disappointed. Well, also, hummus is typically something that's made for vegetarians or at least people who may not have a lot of meat in their diet. So yeah. it's counterintuitive to put bacon in something for... There wasn't even that much bacon. It was more like a smoked hummus. Mm-hmm. So I was just like super disappointed. There was a lot wrong with it. Mm. Like bacon bits. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. yeah. Well, except like there's like a Hormel one that are actually bacon pieces. Oh, okay. Not oh, like yeah. your bacon bits that are just like sugar. Sodium benzoyl. Yeah. All the chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> I really do think that it's the fact that bacon is such a unique, smoky and fat and rich and light. Like, as a food, it encompasses so many more things than a typical food product or typical meat. So I think that ability to transform any dish made it super popular. Someone started putting it on everything, and then someone else is like, let's just put it in everything. Yeah. And it just it took off. The only consumable it. that I can think of that has that kind of, like... Kitsch appeal would be like alcohol. Other than that, I can't think of anything that like people identify with as 
like ardently as they do bacon. Yeah. Well, there's also, I mean, you, but you kind of see it with like the salted caramel thing too. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. that's everything you can get salted caramel now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can't get salt and caramel socks. Million dollar idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know what I realized? I think Jim's actually spot on with the the bacon going into the counterculture movement, putting it in everything. But you bringing up alcohol. Haven't you seen a lot of beers now that are just fucking weird? Like oh, there, God, there's yeah. the Dogfish Head Lobster Chocolate Beer, which has l- boiled lobster Whoa. and chocolate in it. And I'm seeing stuff like that. Like there's a beer that has like shark fat in it. There's all these different beers, and I think that comes out of the same movement that brought the bacon into everything. And it is none of these, kind of, by the way, are put up by Newport Storm, which Pride is, uh, is proud, to, proud to support the Firehouse Theater, which is where the bit players no. perform over and over again. And they don't—they have not made a bad beer, as far as I'm concerned. No, they haven't. Actually. No, they really they're they're actually everything they put out is pretty good. And that's just not pan, that's not just pandering. No, they're actually just fantastic. <laughs> they're actually really good. No, but even but, um, yeah. another Rhode Island brewery had a, a peanut butter porter, you know, which is was mm. really good, but was just listed in the the. A, some alcohol magazine is one of the 20th weirdest beers in the country, and I looked at the list, yeah. and that's where I saw these other ones. And I'm a big fan of Foolproof. Like otherwise, I love I, I like their beer a lot, but like I tried that, and it just yeah. Just, what, just you know what? Weird. I actually I met the brewer last week at, at my at my regular job, and he gave me a whole bunch of free beer and his contact info, and said anytime we want to come, just call him. So that's going <laughs> to happen with the bit player soon. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was like an initial peanut butter taste. But that that whole thing. Mm-hmm. of... Throwing shit in into the beer industry, specifically beer, has I think been an escalation of what came out of bacon. Doesn't Rogue make some kind of maple donut, mm-hmm. just abortion of a beer? Yeah, even even Narragansett. Alex, that is the Alex first time that abortion has been mentioned on this podcast. That's and it was not me. I mean, I mean, it was my brother. <laughs> but, <laughs> so there might be like some genetic responsibility. <laughs> yeah, but it was not me. Yeah, yeah you. You came out first. You left him with that. I, I, had, a, I had an itchy abortion finger. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. Can we cut Jesus. this, please? <laughs> <laughs> now we can't. <laughs> but like Ali's do- um, Ali's donuts. Ali's donuts. donuts. There's yeah. a Narragansett Ali. But it's donut. just a chocolate porter. It's yeah. not really donut flavor. No, yeah, that's really. true. Okay. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I never had it. Mm. No, but it re- I really do strongly believe now that comes from the same counterculture. Bacon movement. It's just Dump moved, it's moved yeah. on to microbreweries. <laughs> Let's put my beer, my beard yeast in the. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Speaking of which, Beard Brewing Company in Connecticut yeah. does not put beer yeast in the beers. Yeah, so then. Despite the name. I forgot which company it was, or the guy just like took the yeast from his beard and used it to make the. <laughs> I found out that there's a what? South American delicacy, maybe the yucca plant, where to ferment it, they chew it. And then put it in a pot and mash it. It's on Netflix. Watch it. From, from the yucca plant. From the yucca plant. Mm-hmm. You could be, I don't even care if you're making that up. That's I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely not making that up. I mean, the yucca is a real plant. Yeah. No, you I, buy it and stop it. No, I, no, it's, I it's right near the bacon mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a Michael it's, Pollan. It's a similar clientele uh, that they're catering to. <laughs> no, Cooked by Michael Pollan has a whole episode on fermentation, and that was the, the start of it. Cool. <laughs> So, verdict on bacon. Bacon itself is a thumbs up. Yeah. Mm. Bacon culture is a thumbs down. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I'm not, like, you can wear the t-shirts and it's funny and stuff, but I think the era of putting bacon in friggin' everything is kind of... It's waning. Yeah, I, I agree. I think sriracha is on the rise in oh, that yeah, sense, too. True. Like, uh, 
I'm really um, sick of sriracha. I I put it on everything. I won't lie, <laughs> so but I'm a Frank's Red Hot kind of guy. See, yeah. I I I don't know. Like it, Frank's Red Hot, I think is good for eggs mainly. Mm, I like yeah, I, I like it, but I think I'm a Tabasco guy. Otherwise, if you're making buffalo chicken, you, you use Frank's Red Hot. Usually, yeah. well, that's another friggin' thing that chicken wings. Oh. Yeah, buffalo everything. Yeah, like not every like it's it's just not. That's not what it is. So I had real buffalo wings. My wife went to a bachelorette party in Buffalo because that's the destination for bachelorette parties is Buffalo, de- New York. Declining <laughs> shipping town. And <laughs> shipping out your women and your dignity. Um, so she brought me home real Buffalo and it wasn't like Frank's Red Hot. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was kind of similar, I guess, but it definitely wasn't just Frank's Red Hot on the wings. No, I mean, there was so much more to it. And I really like chicken wings. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just piggyback on that quick. The chicken wings is another thing that I think has developed from the bacon movement. That there's at all these different unique wing shops spotting up, and they have like peanut butter and jelly wings and all these weird flavors again, a, evolving from that same movement. Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> oh, springing up everywhere. Yep, where top the, ten most hated places. Oh, like, <laughs> that's that's where my wife's uh, place. I can't dish. Where on the that. managers teach at Trump <laughs> University. <laughs> oh, please tell me that's not true. I'll have to stop going. I, that, I think that's that actually true. true. Well, that, that well, Fuck. that was uh, that was Rubio brought that, or Rubio or Cruz brought that up at a debate. Where, oh, like, so it has to be true. One of the t- one of the professors at Trump University was a was a manager at a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> See, I was so excited when I Marco Rubio would never lie. Clearly, you know that's. Why he's doing so well in the uh, uh, when I went out, my wife's from Louisiana, and when we went down there, I tried Buffalo Wild Wings and I was so excited. I'm like, oh wow, that's so good! I hope someday they come here. And then they just came and took over, but I'm still happy with them. I can't decide. I am so unhappy with them. (sighs) If you ever want to go to a restaurant and not watch a game, Buffalo Wild Wings is the place to go. It's impossible. It really, it is true. They find a game at you know 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Like, I I went there for um. God, it was a couple of years ago because it was the the Ben's um, World Cup game, uh, one of one of the earlier games, and like they were throwing like there were contests and they had like soccer trivia as the game is going on, and there are like forty seven TVs around me, but so I, I think you're missing the point of why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> too much. I'm here to eat. Yeah, Boneheads is a is a nice alternative, but still they do uh, the crazy wings that I'm talking about in Warwick and now Fall River, the oh. unique and strange. And just obscure wings. I don't have a problem with unique and obscure. My problem is people who like hang their hat on how spicy they can go. Yeah, that pisses oh, the, me the, off. The, the man versus food style. Yeah, yeah, it's silly. Like, well, see, I, I keep falling for those. Uh, this is the thing. <laughs> and remembering the next day why I shouldn't. Oh, <laughs> I can do this. No, because the inevitable outcome of me watching that mm. is, oh, I could do it. <laughs> yeah, I could do. It. Are you challenging me? Adam Richmond, you and me, we're going. Meanwhile, he can't do it anymore because yeah. he he blew his body up doing yeah. that. And now he does Walmart commercials. I didn't know that. Like every time, though, every single time, like what? What? How do you want your? Uh, how, or how do you want your wings? Or how do you want your tenders? You want them like mild, hot, or suicide? And I'm like. Oh, <laughs> bring on those suicide! Let's do. So, it. are we gonna do it like round robin style? Oh, like, or are we gonna all do it at once? <laughs> I, um, I went to college. I, Jim went to P, uh, Providence College as well. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, after your time that, uh, is when uh, Big Tony's opened up. And it may have been, yeah. And they have three. Uh, they have three levels of sauce. They have mild, hot, 
and I kid you not, smack yo mama is a is, is the Oh yeah, for catering to a college that's ninety six percent white people. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine that is an incredible. I don't know if I've ever eaten something so hot that I got in my car, drove to my mother's house, and slapped her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Any tape? These are so hot. <laughs> <laughs> are so hot. <laughs> hey, Mom, I'm coming over. I gotta hate you because Big Tony told me to. All right. <laughs> Poor mom. Bring the dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's our mother. Doesn't sound like that. Lo- lovely woman does not sound like that. No. So I guess we've kind of like blown out bacon. So, moving on to our last topic, as we've um, kind of farted and bumbled our way through the first few, is uh, quit your bits in. So, it's something we can't get let go of, something we want to talk about, something that's going on that we just can't let go of. Um, Jim, would you want to start? Uh, yeah. Um, well, what I'm bitsing about uh, today uh, is men's rights activism. Because <laughs> oh, um, I've seen, I don't know if anybody's seen, there's this, uh, there was this Craigslist uh, posting um, by, supposedly by some woman in uh, California uh, saying, my, uh, my son's in college and I need to get him a tutor because he's taking a women's studies class and, he, and he's just not into the whole feminism thing. He's a typical male who's not into, not doesn't understand feminism or something like that. Um, Women are people. Yeah, exactly. Get it? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, so but, hard. But someone investigated it and turned out it was like some it, it was some douchebag trying to bait, uh, like to, trying to bait feminists into confronting him. It was some <coughs> I don't know some. MRA guy, like, who had a history of harassing women and... Like, MRA like, meaning men's, men's rights, men's rights activist. activists, yeah. Uh, who had a history of harassing women online and in person, and there was no mother, there was no there was no college class, it was just like... And I, don't, I don't know creating what, a straw man. Yeah. I, I don't know what the... Uh, I don't know what the end... Uh, I don't know what the end was supposed to be, if he was just supposed to, like... If he was just baiting someone for an argument, or if he was trying to do something more insidious than that. Um, but that, that, um, then that's always gotten on my nerves when people are, when, when guys are like that. <laughs> it's, it's so frustrating the fact that it exists, that a men's rights activist group and like, it's because of the internet and trolling and people being able to meet on message boards, but still when, you know, the new trailer for Rogue One came out and uh-huh. they complained that it was another female lead. Oh my God, there's been so many of those in science fiction action movies lately. Yeah. <laughs> With the one other, <laughs> and yeah. people, or, and people, or people freaked out about uh, about Ghostbusters um, having four women. Mm-hmm. They're the four like funniest women on the yeah, planet. Yeah, that one. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't yeah. aren't a fan of the fact that they're remaking it, but it really. I feel like a lot of it comes from an anti of the yeah. men's right. Well, it's like a lot of people are like. Well, I don't have a problem with that. It's four women, but uh, like that. But why do they have to remake Ghostbusters? Well, Kristen Wiig with, with women. Kristen <laughs> Wiig is no Bill Murray. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Bill Murray didn't yeah. even want to do that movie. Okay, well that's not the point, Justin. What's the point? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like like very well-meaning, liberal-minded people. 
I've heard them say Hillary Clinton couldn't take Elizabeth Warren as a running mate because you can't have two women. Well, I well, think we've never really had an issue I think with two men. Well, I think that's them. That that that's a different uh, 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 like that's a different kind of. Uh, Sexism. That's like I'm assuming that the rest of the riffraff won't put up with that. I'm I'm certainly enlightened enough to to vote for two uh, two women for uh, for for president, but th- them the cattle they wouldn't do it. No. Like, the I mean, common there, people. Yeah, there have been two women running my life for years now, and I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. sure you are. Um. So anyway, Kevin. So what are you bitsing about? Uh, I'm bitsing about the. Uh, Battle between East Coast and West Coast wines and not wines, East Coast and West Coast rap, not East Coast, East Coast and West Coast. And, well, East Coast and West Coast wines, no, wines. Oh my god! <laughs> On the East Coast, they're a lot more like this with the Jewish accent. For our listeners, so you know, um, Kevin is actually pouring some wine for us right now. Like, if I was listening to this podcast, I would have thought that it was a sound effect that you guys like dubbed in as he starts. No, I'm actually pouring. He's wine. actually getting us good and drunk. At four o'clock on Wednesday. No, but the online. I started uh, working at a vineyard. I worked at Newport Vineyards last year, and when I immediately started, people were like, "Wow, this is a uh, this is good," you know, for East Coast wine. You know, it's really crappy. And I just looked into it, and looked into it, and looked into it. And really, the basis behind it is the dry soil versus moist soil. But moist soil is better for agriculture. It actually helps plants grow better. Dry soil is better mainly for having plants that you want not to produce that many grapes and you can charge a shit ton of money for. So East Coast wineries in a dry climate, they're not growing that many grapes. The grapes that do grow are going to be really, really super intense and they can charge you a ton of money because their production per grapes, per vine is way lower. So this is, uh, this is actually from Running Brook Vineyards, which is in North Dartmouth, Massachusetts. And it's a Concord grape. You know, It's a dry red wine made with the grape we use for juice. It is dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this unfortunately is what people think of East Coast wine because this is one of my least favorite that I've had from East Coast wine. But it's still okay. It's still good. It's very dry. I like it. It's very dry, but it's got that underlying grape flavor. And this is what people I think think of, where they're like very flat and not not a lot of layers to it. But that's not what East Coast wine is. Like Jerry has a bunch of wines from my vineyard, and he had a bunch of them at his wedding. I got a basement full of them. If you want to break into my house and steal them. But it's that, that idea that we're not capable of. Virginia and New York are quickly becoming two of the largest states and producers of wine in the country. Hmm. New York State, I believe, is now number four. It's California, Washington, and Oregon, and then New York State. But they might overtake Washington soon. So the idea that East Coast wine isn't better is kind of like something that's just embedded in the consciousness. Just like in the 1970s, California wine was thought of as inferior to French wine yeah. for a long time until there was a Battle of Paris where there was that big contest blind tasting between California wine and French wine. And Bottle shock. Bottle shock yeah. with the late great Alan Rickman. That's that, uh, that's, isn't that, never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. No, don't say what. Did you did you eat pork roll again? <laughs> I was gonna say that happened last time. I was gonna say that was Wes Anderson's first movie. No, no, Bottle, Bottle Rocket. Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Uh, but also, I wanted to touch on that. That brings me to wine snobbery. And just yesterday at the vineyard, I had this woman come in. It's like, I I hate Merlot. I can't do that Merlot. Ever since I saw the movie Sideways, it turned me against Merlot forever. I can't do it. And then I told her, you know, the thing at the end of the movie Sideways, that bottle he saved. So I, I still haven't seen this movie, but I, I know this from people in the industry telling me. He had this special blend from Bordeaux, hundreds of dollar bottle. 
that he's all excited about. He drinks at the end. It's fucking Merlot. It's a Merlot blend. And that's an inside joke for wine snobs. But to me, that also, it's kind of relevatory because it says he has this bias against it. And yet he really doesn't know that it's in this wine he's been saving for years. He really doesn't know that it's a good grape. So the idea that people think they know so much is so prevalent in the wine industry. It's a little, it's a little scary sometimes. But anyways, what I did is I tricked her. I said, I said, oh, this is a this is a Cabernet uh, Franc that I'm giving to her, and I poured it, and she thought it was amazing. Well, it was it was Gemini, which is mainly Merlot. So, and she loved it. She ate it up. But it's that idea of of bias before you try something. So the bias against East Coast wine is that people don't think it's any good, and the bias against Merlot is people don't think it's any good. So cheers, cheers. Or it's red. I'll drink it. Yeah, we actually make fruity whites at my vineyard. This is a dry red, so this is kind of the opposite of what you get at the vineyard. It's actually, the more you drink this, the better it gets. Actually. It's actually really good. I like it. Uh, $9, $9, too. Running Book's a very small vineyard out of North nice. Dartmouth, and they're able to, with, I think, just 23 acres. I mean, for $9, you can get, like, good and chocolate wasted off that. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no. Yeah, you can get... I mean, I'll do it. Yeah, it's good. It's, yeah. I'm, like, way not discerning with what I put in my body. <laughs> we know this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love a good beer or a good wine. But at the same time, whenever <laughs> I wanted to ask you, at your wedding, did you have anyone who was reluctant to try any of the Newport Vineyards wines, or everybody just? Oh no, no, no! It's Stephanie's family from New Hampshire. Oh, okay. So they were just happy we had running water. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but the I mean, Newport and tourist season gets so many people, and they just have this bias. They're like, "Oh, I didn't expect this to be good," and I just, I wonder in mainstream culture where that comes from, and if you guys have ever really like encountered that, where people just assume something from the East Coast is not going to be as good as it would be from somewhere else, wine or otherwise. Yeah, that's good. So every we all like wine. Yes, we all like us some wine. Plus wine. Um, so I'm bitsing about um, particularly rough day afters mm-hmm. for sports and politics. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm a guy that feels the burn. Um, Bernie Sanders got the everlasting crap knocked out of him in New York yesterday, which you could kind of expect given you know closed primary. I mean, it was just like it was it was a very diverse state, like not the one that he has historical states that he's done historically well in, or at least this election season. And at the same time, and actually the things I immediately care more about, um, the Sox lost in ten, and the Celtics had the lowest scoring. First quarter in playoff history. Ugh. They scored seven points against the Hawks last night in the first quarter. And they lost by, I think they lost by 16. Um, it's So what I'm bitching about is the next day when you're afraid <laughs> of all forms of media. So I couldn't watch the news. I couldn't read the newspaper because I didn't want to read about Bernie and hear all about like the how he got Molly Whopped. And don't get me wrong, like, I, I'll vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm okay with that too. Molly Whopped? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah. Wait, know. that. Wait, yeah, I feel like is that something we have to edit out? It feels, <laughs> it feels I feel racist. like well, I just that it does. I just heard. I I just learned what that means, and I'm forgetting. It's like where it come, where to come from? I I just the term I use to describe because I, I feel like I just heard that somewhere, <laughs> oh and I don't. Know I really hope that's not racist because I've used that in a lot of mixed company. <laughs> It's got a. Uh, is it racist against the Irish Lally or the Italians oh, or what? Oh, yeah. It's it's to, it's just to totally and utterly kick someone's ass. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Hillary did that last where night. Where did I? Yeah. Where did I hear that just recently though? <laughs> like I just learned that. Oh my god! My that is not. Bernie good. got hilly whopped. 
It is not just a beat down. It is beating the victim so badly that they are incapable of fighting back and they go down like a little bitch. <laughs> According to Urban, Urban Dictionary. Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. So anyway, so all th- like so the three things that I care most about right now, other than my wife and dog, um, just got annihilated last night. So I've been avoiding sports talk radio, which is really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to listen to any like updated podcasts because <laughs> they're all talking about either like. The Celtics being terrible last night. Or Bernie Sanders. Or Bernie Sanders. Out. Yeah, Bernie Sanders all over and like all this garbage. And it's just so hard to. Uh, you realize on a day like today, which, I mean, granted, this is a very much a first world problem that I'm so despondent. But it, it, how much you interact with your media over the course of a day. Like, I haven't looked at Facebook all day except to say something mean to one of the girls in the bit players. Um, <laughs> yes. I saw that. Anne Marie, who was on last week. Yeah, Anne Marie was on. Last Jared week. is sorry. He Jared, said. It. I <laughs> apologize. Um, but how many things you have to avoid? Like, couldn't turn on the radio in my car. Like, had to listen to like old Mark Maron podcasts, and they're fine. I know, that's but what I wasn't I have in the mood too. for a Mark Maron podcast right now. I know you I have really... to be in a real a real mood for Mark Maron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every year that the Patriots don't win the Super Bowl, I have to take a month off from ESPN. Yeah, because so like there were like three years mm-hmm. in the like, past ten where you could. We're, we're, we're like I just, <laughs> but like and and it is completely a first world problem. You're right, but at the same time, like it's such muscle memory when you sit down at the end of the day that at a certain time you're like I want to see what the sports teams are doing and you can you don't want to hurt it's yeah. like when you break up with someone and you're like oh can't avoid all their social media gotta just like block myself out like gotta make sure that I don't see them at certain places that see, they now, might be I, I don't think I've ever loved a woman the way I love the Patriots though so oh no I mean I mean I only love one woman as much as I love the Patriots <laughs> and it's a Great real nail biter <laughs> It's really cool. If, like, if Tom Brady and my wife were in a burning building, ooh, that's not what I Save the one who's not a Trump supporter. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Yeah. That's what I mean, it's the, definitely true. the wife. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so Justin, oh. as our special guest for today, please stop writing on my table. Um, <laughs> uh, what are you bitsing about? I, I know you just had a pretty traumatic experience. Uh, my, that's, where, that's where I'm going, so... Um, we haven't I, even heard this story yet. So. I, I, I saved it. They they asked me to talk about it, and I said no. I'm saving it for my Bitson. Um, so I uh, I work in a public school in Massachusetts, and we're on uh, we're on break this week. Much like Jim. Yep. Much like Jim. Um, so I I found myself in Swansea, Massachusetts, and they just opened a Sonic there. Now for our listeners. If there are any that uh, are not from the the Rhode Island, New England area, this is a big thing. Sonics don't spring up out of nowhere here. So it was the first... I've never been to a Sonic. And I thought to myself, I am so stoked for this. And there won't be a crowd. And it will... And it it will... Because it's 2.45 on a Wednesday. But it's school vacation. Yeah. (laughs) I've been by the one in Smithfield. Uh... I can I cannot go there because it's just like there's never a day where it's not because so, Sonic we've had, we've had the Sonic commercials in New England for ten years yeah yeah that's and we just recently thing, yeah. started getting Sonic so when they ever they show I up I think there may have been one in Northern Massachusetts like yeah there's one in um, Draycut or Peabody. One of those. One of those. One of those that's it's, it's way too ones. far away to go. Oh, it's Peabody. I know because I googled it <laughs> 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 like half an hour ago. 
So I'm I'm in Swansea. I, th- I think to myself, two forty five on a Wednesday. I'm gonna go to Sonic. And all of a sudden, I hit this traffic jam. And I'm d- and I'm a hundred. I can see the Sonic. I'm a hundred yards down the. Uh, it's on Route Six in Swansea. That sign is giving you a come hither stare. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm so it's just antagonizing me. And I'm a hundred yards away, but it's just bumper to bumper to bumper. Um, and there's a very helpful sign, and, and this should have tipped me off, but I'm a notorious idiot, so I didn't, <laughs> it didn't. There was a, tra- like a traffic, uh, sign, like one of those light-up traffic signs that give you updates, and the traffic sign didn't say, uh, traffic, uh, this way, or buckle up, uh, Watch out for bodies. No, all it said was... Dead rising. <laughs> dead rising. <laughs> all it said was, uh, Sonic customers keep to the right. I thought they were just, like, being helpful. Like, oh, if, in case you can't see the tremendous Sonic sign in front of you, stay in the right lane and that's how you get to Sonic. No, it was, there were, like, cops there because it was, like, a Springsteen concert to get into this freaking Sonic. So I sat there in, like, in the middle of Route 6 as the left lane is just blowing by me. I sat there for probably about 10, 15 minutes, and then I started reassessing my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the hell am I doing here? (laughs) And I didn't make any progress. See, what what you did doesn't concern me. It's the people that didn't reassess what they were doing. I know. It's like sitting there like, only 20 more minutes. (laughs) 20 more minutes and we'll get that Sonic in us. You win 10 years, right, Josephine? (laughs) Josephine. (laughs) Isn't the main problem with the Sonic, though, that you're served in your car? No. They have a drive-thru. So people sit there in the parking spot. So you either get served at your car by the girls or men on roller skates. I've never had a man. Are they really on roller skates? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, they really are. It's, so really it's meant good. to like recreate the old sock hop. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But I didn't think they actually made them wear roller skates. <laughs> no, <laughs> that makes they, me more depressed cool. now. They have that cool. <laughs> and, like, I feel like they could have just roller skated up to me on Route 6 and That's just true. brought That's me true. something. I didn't Whatever know. happened to I walking? Why did they have to roller skate? I don't know. They must Dude, have good liability Does that insurance. mean you can't walk up? You can't walk to Sonic? You, you have can't. To have you can't. Camp? Okay. Yeah. You can't. And you can... I think, well, at least the one in Smithfield, you can go inside, too. Really? Yeah. I thought it was always like... So this is the old Wendy's, right? On Route 6? Uh, yes. So, uh, the so, one in Smithfield is an old Wendy's, too. It's, it's, uh, so it's on Route uh, 44. So, uh, so Looks after... like Big Wendy's and Sonic are in bed together. <laughs> Sonic Wendy. I, I'd read that comic book. <laughs> uh, so after sitting in the middle of a highway for 15 minutes and waiting to get what I can only assume is the greatest burger ever at this point... I just reassessed. I'm like, you know what? Not only am I like, I really hype myself up for fast food. So not only am I not going to go to Sonic, but I'm going to stick it to him, and I'm going to drive right down the street to McDonald's. So I drove down Route Six, and I pulled into the McDonald's in the Target Plaza, and <laughs> it's completely gone. Yeah, yeah. Completely they leveled it. They rebuilt it. They rebuilt it. <laughs> <laughs> like an episode of This Old House. This is this like, is the point where you stop you're like, I need a goddamn salad. Like, yeah, the so, universe is telling me we're not doing this. But God, right. no, what, I'm getting God. something greasy and bad for me. That's the end I don't care where I have to go. I just have to ruin my body. Is that so much? So, I, so that one was a problem. So then I know of one other McDonald's in Swansea. It's, com- it's on the same route. It's just in the opposite direction. And I even put it into my GPS to make sh- damn sure that I'm going to get it. And I drove there, and it's not there anymore. I went to three different places that just could not give me food. So the entire drive down, I was 
like despondent the entire way down. And it's it really reinforced to me that I get very, very I'm I'm cool as a cucumber when things go really wrong. Like if like I got in a car accident or something, I would handle it very appropriately. But when when God just keeps flipping me off and all I want is mediocre food that will ruin me, I I just fly off the hand. I was making up swears as I was driving down. I was so angry. I'm gonna molly wop you guys. <laughs> I'm if coming I, for you, Wendy. What if <laughs> I'm, no. I thought better of saying that. So that's what I'm bitching about. It's it's not quite as uh, as profound as Jim's thing about feminism, but it's probably more important to me right now. <laughs> I mean, we can uh, worry about uh, equality later. Let's get a burger now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So that about does it for our, uh, our third episode of uh, Bits Per Second. We are from the Bit players of Newport, Rhode Island. We have shows every Friday at 8 p.m. and every fr- uh, Saturday at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Um, Justin, do you have anything you want to promote while you're here? Anything you're doing? Uh, Epic Theater Company. Uh, uh, theater co- uh, two things for Epic Theater Company, actually. Um, first of all, uh, for their newest season uh, opening next year, they are moving uh, down the street from the Artist Exchange in Cranston, which is. Uh, a, a nice little modest uh, black box theater down the street to um, the Park Theater, mm-hmm. which is a gloriously large uh, theater. It's about a thousand seats, right? Oh, I think, I think it was five hundred. Is it more than a thousand? Really? Wow. Well, if, including the balcony, yeah. There's a, yeah it's, it's a, a very theater. so very very big things uh, for the the theater company. That yeah, I, and like Engelbert Humperdinck has been there. <laughs> I, uh, our Garfunkel was there this week. Oh yeah, to, to, to talk about why he hates Paul Simon. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a TED talk actually it was with, our, talk. with our with our Garfunkel. So big so big news for them. Uh, also um, through Epic Theater Company, I will be performing in an original work uh, entitled Total Strangers, based on Strangers on a Plane. It's an adaptation of that. Strangers on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane. It's kind of a before and after Jeopardy thing that I just did. Um, <laughs> so uh, please come and see that. That'll be going up um, early to mid May. So and, so Kevin, funny. anything you want to share with the with our many listeners? Uh, no, we're doing a lot a lot of extra shows lately with the bit players. Uh, I'll be in New Hampshire this summer. If anybody's in New Hampshire near the lakes region of Winnipesaukee, I've already insulted the entire state of New Hampshire. Yeah, so. a few times. Well, if anyone left <laughs> hasn't turned the podcast off, I'll be in Peter and the Starcatcher playing Smee uh, in June, and then I'll be playing various roles in a very interesting take on Midsummer Night's Dream. We'll be having some trans characters in it. As well as cis people as well, so I'll be multiple roles in that. And that's going to be this summer at the Winnipesaukee Playhouse. Isn't Midsummer Night's nice. Dream like mostly about people transing? Well, it's about it's about star-crossed lovers and people, and that's about how race. people should be forced to fall in love with people. <laughs> yeah, which is why we we did a twist on like I'm not I'm not in love with a, a trans woman who wants me, and then there are two lesbian women who want each other, but I want one of them. And it's about the fact that I'm trying to be the regular gender role, like man-woman, but that everyone else wants to be in some other type of relationship that society hasn't necessarily accepted. So Are you like, sure New thing. Hampshire's not going to set that place on fire? I know. It's, <laughs> an, incredibly, it's an incredibly conservative part of New Hampshire, so I'm really Yeah, that is like, that. that's where Mitt Romney lives. Yes, it is. It's exactly where he li- And Fun Spot, which is just up the road, always has like the... 
most like Republican statements about their like is it, we, we should, Obama <laughs> take for back our their, listeners that don't know Fun Spot is an arcade. Yes, it's an arcade. <laughs> it's the world's it's America's largest arcade, and they have like. Uh, God guns and the Republican Party messages on their Ugh. billboard every day. Very because that's what you want kids to see when they're going uh-huh. to the turtles in time. <laughs> I feel like you took the one Shakespearean comedy that doesn't explicitly have gender bending in it, and, and you're playing with it, which is cool. Throw it in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so, think it's just weird because you could actually rewrite that play and make it very cons- or like re- reform that play and make it very conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, let's say that like. Ooh, Let's say you you could you could technically make that play about uh, gay therapy, like if you wanted to. Oh, that's true. Because it ends with two people being kind of rerouted and forced and like placed with different couples. Yeah, and we we went the other route. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, we thankfully went the other direction. I feel like you're gonna have to re- replace Puck's final uh, soliloquy. If we shadow down offended, please please stop setting the Please 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 shadow set offended, ma'am, 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 ma'am. <laughs> Josephine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. What a I think that's a good place to end. So, um, this is the Bit Per Second Podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Justin. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening.